Hey, everyone. Before we get started with this episode, I just wanted to say a final thank you to every single one of you, even if this is your first episode of Jackie Watches Stuff. Seriously, thank you for listening. This started as a mini COVID project. I think a lot of us did that. Um, and, And now that the world is kind of going back to normal, or at least some of us are forced to make it seem like we're going back to normal. Um, It means that I can't quite sustain this podcast anymore and make it the best that it can be. But the fun is not over. I've started doing some live streaming, uh, some of my favorite video games over on Twitch. And it's been really, really fun. So if you do want to come over and say hi, I would love to get to know you. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Jackie Play Stuff. Get it? Um, So I hope to see you and thank you so much again for all the support. Even if you've only listened to five minutes of one episode, I greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's get on with the show. Garrett, hello. Hey, Jackie. How's it going? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm a little sad. This is the final episode of Jackie Watches Stuff. And I don't mean to put pressure, but like, you know. Kind of, it's. I'm just feeling some feels in my heart right now, but I'm glad you're here. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Jackie. That's <laughs> that's that's completely understandable. That you must be having such a mixed emotions right now. I am. I mean, I definitely have seen a lot of new films. Like, I think close to fifty, maybe, maybe more. But I do have. I, I still have a lot more to go. But one of the films I definitely wanted to watch before the end of Jackie Watches Stuff, or maybe it's a pause, I'm still not sure. But before this final episode is the movie Groundhog Day. Oh, that's a great one. That's a good choice to end on. I know that Groundhog Day, like when you say that it's like, oh, like every day is Groundhog Day, like it's a synonym to, to mean like, oh my gosh, every day is the same. Like every day feels like we're doing the exact same thing over and over again. So I'm going to assume that it's the plot line of like every day he relives the same day every day um, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You, Have I already been spoiled? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's not much of a spoiler when, as you said, this term Groundhog Day has essentially entered our lexicon. It's a yeah. shorthand. Um, what When something is of that, you know, of that nature. I feel like it's not really, you don't know the details. You don't know what's actually happening. You just know the very general outline. So there's still, I'm sure you're still going to have plenty of surprises in store for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to, to, you know, celebrate Groundhog Day in August, you know, because that's how you do. It's like Christmas in July, Groundhog Day in August, right? Like same same difference, really. The groundhog would have it no other way. <laughs> he would he, likely see his shadow in the middle of summer, though. That would be my guess. Well, he's really been trying to branch out recently. Like, one day of the year is not enough. This guy's an egomaniac. He wants a whole month. They all want a whole month. I don't understand. It's branding. He's just Ugh. trying to expand his reach. I get it. Well, I'm excited to celebrate with Bill Murray. I haven't watched a Bill Murray film in a while, so... I'll go watch the film and then maybe watch it again and then watch it again and watch it again. And then I'll let you know. (laughs) All right. Well, Bill Murray is always great. I'm going to go watch it too. And I can't wait to talk about this with you. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. 
This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen, and I'm bringing my friends along with me. So I actually only watched the movie once. I kind of got the gist. But I am, like you said, there were some plot holes that I didn't know about or like, you know, I got the whole Groundhog Day. It happens all the time. Uh, but I, I, this movie was adorable. And it's funny because whenever they said Groundhog Day, the idea of a holiday kind of left me because I feel like I hear Groundhog Day more as, like you said before we watched it, like it's in our lexicon as, oh, it's the same thing over and over. And I wasn't really thinking of it as a holiday. Well, that's, that's just the power that this movie has. It's, it's considered to be one of the greatest, not only comedies, but fantasy movies of all time. So it really has earned its place in the public pop culture knowledge. It's so interesting. So before we talk about this interesting film and very funny film, may I, for the final time, try to recap this movie? <laughs> All right. I am I'm ready when you are, Jackie. Who oh, I should do like um like he does when he asks the cameraman to, to get on him in three, two, one. So Oh, that's right. Did did you I'm I'm sorry to cut you off no, before you're about to do your thing, but did you catch how Yes I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I'll I'll just do it. No one can. It's an audio medium, so it doesn't work as well. But yes, okay. I did see that. That's very funny. <laughs> All right, camera on me in three, two, one. Okay, this guy named Phil. He's a super grumpy weatherman, and he always has to go to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to cover Groundhog Day. And he really hates it because he just is grumpy, I guess. Uh, but of course, he goes with the pretty female producer, who is the obvious love interest at the beginning of the film. And they get stuck in Punxsutawney after Groundhog Day celebration because of a snowstorm, so they have to stay another night. But then Phil wakes up, and it's Groundhog Day again. Oh my god! And he's like super freaked out. And then he goes through the stages of grief a lot, including like anger, reckless driving, and learning how to play piano, I guess. And then he tries to like get the girl and fails a million gazillion times but then he finally does and then the curse is broken seemingly because of like true love's kiss i'm not sure we need to talk about it well done jackie it, was, it was a little over 30 seconds but i had some you know commentary what? in there you so. had some commentary in there and you know what if it's your last episode i think you have you more than earned a few after extra seconds thank you garrett and i would say like i've banked them in other episodes but we all know that's a lie because i always go over <laughs> so <laughs> I think you've been pretty good with mine. Been okay. In yeah, the episodes I've, that I've been on. I've been, uh, yeah, pretty good. But yeah, this um, this film was adorable. Uh, I just want to note the the way that he discovers that he is living the same day over and over again. When he breaks the pencil, mm -hmm. I was like, "What are you doing?" And I thought he was just being angry, but like not as angry because he kind of just snaps it. It's nothing intense. And I'm like, oh, he's trying to prove that the everything's resetting because the, the pencil would be whole if it was resetting. I would just be panicking and sleeping the whole time. <laughs> I would not have been as calm and cool as, as Bill Murray in these moments. Yeah, it, it was actually kind of amazing the way he just the first day that he's in this time loop, he pretty much accepts it immediately. Yeah. Like, I would have been thinking to myself, okay, this is just a bizarre day, a lot of deja vu. I'm going to go to bed and 
nothing is amiss. There's no way that this fantastical thing could really be happening. But he buys into it pretty much immediately. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't seem to try to get back to Philly like before the storm, really, like because that seems to be in my I mean, in the fantasy world where this is happening to me, I might say, okay, I just need to leave this place, right? Like I need to get back to Philly. Were they in Philly or Pittsburgh? Whatever. Pittsburgh. Oh, a P, a P city in Pennsylvania. There's they're, a lot of them. They're all the same. They're the same. It's fine. So I would try to be like, all right, we got to get back to Pittsburgh now. Like we are not staying. We need to go. And maybe that would break this weird curse. But yeah, he was, I to your point, like he's just like, all right, I guess I'll figure it out. Well, not only to, to your point, he, he really doesn't make an effort to get out of there. To his credit, I guess. Yes, <laughs> he goes to credit. work. He goes to work every day. I know. But he keeps going to do the broadcast. And he keeps hating it because the whole like start of the movie, they're setting up. He's like, this is the worst thing I have to do. I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. I'm, you know, the Grinch in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like, this is the worst day of the whole year when I have to go to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania and look at a groundhog, which to me would be like, while Punxsutawney is not, you know, the big – well, it is a big tourist destination, actually. Let me take that back. It's not a glamorous city for your job, but it's a it's a one-day thing. It's not like you, like, get in a nice hotel, you hang out, you have some decent food, and you leave. Like, come on, Bill Murray. Also, it's only – I've looked it up – about 80 miles away from Pittsburgh. They probably oh. didn't need to spend the night. Absolutely not. I did not. I, you know what? That's a great fact. I didn't even look it up. I figured it was further away, which is why they stay. Right. I assumed the same thing, but I was curious about how far away. And it's really just not that far. If he wanted to, they could have just woken up early. He yeah. didn't. He established in the opening scene when he's doing the weather forecast, he did not believe there was going to be a blizzard. So no. he was, there was no concern about the weather preventing him from making it there. There was really no reason to spend the night. And the network was paying for that? I for their grumpy weatherman to go spend a night in Punxsutawney? I guess so. Goodness. So it's the network's fault. It's always yeah. the network's fault. It's they the media. Give, they give too in. many notes. Just let <laughs> let the creatives do their thing. Yes, it's the talent. When he calls himself the talent the one time, that was very That's funny right. Yeah, so that just that whole concept really confused me, like about why he was like, shrug, I guess I'm in this now. I did read that they had initially shot, and I don't know if this is necessarily where the scene would have gone into the movie, so for forgive me for making an assumption here, but I read that they shot a scene where he destroys his bedroom and then mm. wakes up the next day and it's completely recovered. I wonder if they wanted to make it a bit more subtle because as as much of a dick as this guy is and he is a complete asshole yeah. at the start of the movie he's not like an angry like he's not over the top yeah. outlandish he's just a sarcastic dick yeah so that he... kind of would have been out of character for him to completely wreck the room so i wonder if they were looking for just a little more subtle way for him to realize what's going on that's a good point yeah i think it would have been super out of character if he started screaming or even like running around panicked while he's not like a level-headed guy 
to your point, he's not a totally aggressive dude either. And so for him to run around or smash everything in the room, I mean, I get why he smashed the radio because that is going to get annoying if you're going to deal with that same exact thing every single morning. But otherwise, yeah, he just is over it, living his life. Hearing that same song over and over and over again, no matter what song it is, it could be your favorite song in the world. If you hear it enough times and – there's, there's of course, so much debate about how long he was in this time loop. But oh, I re- wanted to talk to you about that. Regardless of how long, if it's four days in a row, that's too much oh, to wake up sure. to the same song. Well, I think it's also a reminder. It's like he's getting woken up out of sleep and this is the first thing he hears. And that is a reminder straight up of like, yep, you're doing it again. Like it has such a negative um association for him that i could understand hating it that's a really good point yeah he's like, and oh. I, one of the things i've always wondered about this movie that they've never real like i've never seen anything about it they don't get into it in the movie i've never seen it addressed anywhere does he feel like he got a good night's sleep <gasps> or is he just always tired i don't know he doesn't seem more cranky or less cranky than normal. I, I This is just a random thought I've had because there are nights where he attempts to stay up the entire night. At one point, he says when he's with Rita that she's expecting this to take place at midnight. He's like, nope, 6 a.m. So he knows like it happens at 6 a.m. Yeah. That tells me that he's been up at 6 a.m. when this happens. So if he stays up the entire night and the time loop happens, he wakes mm-hmm. up at 6 a.m., Is does he feel like he got sleep or no? I don't know. And I wonder what happens because I'm sure he tried this and we didn't see it because obviously this would be way too hard for the writers to probably justify or like figure out how the, the world works. But I'm sure he tried staying up, you know, from 5.59 to 6 to try to like break the cycle so that he right. wouldn't be sleeping but yeah, to your point, we never, one, we don't see that. Two, he doesn't talk about it. And three, he seems fairly well rested. So maybe he just, maybe he feels as well rested as he did on Groundhog Day. That's that's my thought. But then there was, there were like one or two moments that made me question it. Like there was one time when he got to the park to do his broadcast where Rita was like, oh, you look like crap, which a great thing for your producer to tell you yeah (laughs) but but b like does that mean like did he have a wild night before and was that why like does he still feel the effects of the previous quote-unquote day that never was well seemingly the answer would be no because we see him eating a bunch of crap a lot like he has all those donuts and cakes and stuff Mm -hmm. and so i think we would have seen him feel sick or something the next day or, you know, maybe have terrible constipation or something. I don't know how that affects you, but it seems like the whole thing is, oh, I can eat what I want because tomorrow it'll be like I didn't eat that or he tried to kill himself because he thought that would break it and, oh, no, wait, I'm alive again. So I think everything resets. I think you're right. Yeah. So I I hope he got a good night's sleep on that night before. Dang. Probably did because he hate, he was probably drinking the night before, honestly, because he hates Punxsutawney. That sounds right. 
so weird that they drove out the night before. I don't get it. Well, anyway. it is. It is now. I I have looked into this before because I I've looked into in the past stay going to this festival. Funny enough, because okay. my wife and I love there. There was a Broadway musical of this made a couple years ago, and we both love it. So I didn't know that. Yeah, it came out. Maybe I'm I'm going to get the year wrong. Let Let me think. I was working at Shea's Performing Arts Center at the time, which is the the Broadway performing theater in Buffalo, New York. And I I got sent to the Broadway League Conference in New York City one year when I was working there. It was one of the best weeks of my life. I'm sure. It, I saw eight Broadway. I had never <gasps> been to New York City before. I was there by myself. They put They sent me up in a very fancy hotel in <gasps> Times Square. I saw eight Broadway shows that week. Oh, my God. And Groundhog Day was one of them. And that was in 2017 or 18. That's like a dream that I didn't know I had is to see a bunch of Broadway musicals on Broadway in a row like that. It was incredible. Just during the day, we had a lot of presentations for work. And when I say presentations, I mean... The casts and creative teams of all of these shows came and spoke to us. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to put work in quotation marks here. Yeah. Uh, and Job then the, perk. And then after that, there were parties. And then we'd all go off and see whatever shows we were seeing. And then there were after parties. It was oh an unreal week. I so only got just, to do it the one time, but it was amazing. Are we just going to scrap this whole podcast to just talk about Broadway film or Broadway musicals? Is that what we're doing? I think we need to get in <laughs> with the Broadway League somehow. I've got a few connections, but I haven't Ooh. really, I haven't really spoken to a few of them in a while. But I, I think they'll hold. Hey, hey, every, hey, Broadway Leaguers! Great to have you here with us. You're amazing, fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Uh, all the, of our other dedicated listeners, I'm super sorry. I hope you understand that I'm just going to be schmoozing them for a bit. Sorry. Uh, we'll do that later, but I feel like we should move on. But that sounds amazing. and I'm very uh, envious. Albert Natalino, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, multi-time <laughs> Tony Award winning producer. Uh, I'm sure. You know, may- maybe we should uh, catch up one of these yeah, times. Yeah, give, give us a call. Give us a call. We're right here. Follow us at Jackie Watches on Twitter, please. Man. So yeah, I I now that we've broken the world wide open, I'm curious your thoughts on this film. I mean, I I love this movie. It is so creative. The script is so tight and everything begins and ends with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. As as always, he's just great. He's a lovable curmudgeon. I he he has the exact sense of humor that I love. He's sarcastic, but he has a little a little shine in his eye that you can't help but love him and seeing his evolution through this movie as i said earlier he is a complete asshole at the start of this movie and seeing the character arc throughout it he goes through so many different the stages of grief and he really develops as a character but he also holds on to what makes him as a character. He becomes a better person 
but he's still not a perfect person. I love oh, yeah. the, not to get ahead of myself, but the last line of the movie uh, when, you know, spoiler alert, they wake <laughs> up and he, they have broken the time loop and he says to Rita, let's, let's move here or something like that. Yeah. And then there's a beat and he just says, we'll rent to start. Like, like he doesn't <laughs> truly believe it's going to work out. Yeah. Like, like uh, he, wait a minute. Like he can't, he just can't help himself. Yeah, no, it, he, I loved seeing him in this film. He was great. I agree with his level of sarcasm was perfect for the role. And his level of comedy is also perfect because he wasn't too over the top. I feel like if there were, um, trying to think of a comedian who's oh like adam sandler comes to mind right who's just like erratic and way too much like this might still be a funny film because you know there's jokes and and funny um scenarios but i don't know if i would like phil the character as much if someone like an adam sandler um played it versus someone like bill murray so yeah i'm team i'm team bill murray always it's so interesting that we're talking about his likability because the reason he he got the gig was because Harold Ramis, director, co-screenwriter for this, obviously comedy legend, worked with Bill Murray tons of times. Um, he needed somebody that the audience would hate at first that wasn't likable, but would yeah. but the audience would still be on board with a change. Like I saw that one of the first people that they considered for the role was Tom Hanks. And they said they decided against it because he was too likable and people wouldn't buy him as the asshole at the start. Oh yeah. No way. He can't do that. He's like America's dad. I mean, I had a whole season on him. So everyone go back to season four where we talk about Tom Hanks way too much. Uh, Yeah. No way. I, I love Tom. He's got a great sense of humor too, but no, I couldn't see that. There were, there were several names that I saw that they considered for the Phil role. Obviously I I thought Bill Murray was perfect for it and I wouldn't change it wouldn't change him mm-hmm. for anyone. There was one name that made me pause and okay. I thought to myself, you know what? That could have worked too. Okay. Steve Martin. Oh. Yeah, I could get behind that for sure cuz he can he can re- like rein it in and that's right. what he would have to do, but he can rein it in and still be funny. Well, I, I feel like at least in terms of the likability and the development throughout throughout the movie, I feel like it's kind of similar to like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You like know I haven't in... seen that movie, Garrett. Oh, Come on. Jackie. You know. You know. Are, Everybody are you does sure? this. Are you Everybody's sure this like, is oh, the like last this other episode? film? This I'm has positive. to be the last episode. We can't like, add it sneak to the another list one in there. Of possible future episodes of Jackie Watch stuff. But no, I have not seen that film. All right. Well, I, I'm going to just stop now. I'm <laughs> a, anyone in the audience that has the audience, like they can see us. Anyone who's listening. <laughs> yes, welcome. Anyone who's listening. Let me hold for applause. Three, two. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a, anyone who's listening who has seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles will, I'm sure, understand the reference. He's not the most likable guy at the start. I'll just leave it there. Okay. So I don't spoil that one. Thank you. Sorry to ruin your point. Oh, no, you're fine. You're not the first person to be like, oh, so like this other film that that character was in. And it's like, nah, sorry, can't can't help you there. It's the whole point of the podcast. But yeah, that's that's an interesting point. 
I I agree though with the, your Bill Murray thought. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and did perfect. I I know that we've kind of seen some um, kind of plot holes or logic holes in this world that has been built, but I would just like to complain about one of the big ones. The first day that he realizes that he is in a loop, he goes and gets a CAT scan and sees a psychiatrist and goes bowling on the same freaking day. How does one do that in a city that you've never lived in? Because I can't even do that in the city I live in with health insurance in network in that city. So please explain to me how you can do all these things and then also be like, let's go bowling. Well, it was, it, was a, it was a different time, Jackie. It was, oh it was the God. 90s. It's a small town. There was only, you know, I, they, they showed the population as they were driving in. I think it was... I don't remember something like six, seven thousand. So there, there are openings there, and everybody's busy with the festivities. Like, oh why? Are, the real question is, why are these people working those days? That's fair. I mean, it's weird that he could get in to see a psychiatrist on Groundhog's Day. You would think he'd be like, "It's our biggest day of the year. I'm not seeing new patients right now who think they're stuck in a time loop." I I do feel like we need to pause there, Jackie, and celebrate the fact that <gasps> a character in a movie you're watching went to went therapy to therapy i know i'm so glad you said it because i was just about to like i i didn't know obviously i had not seen this film before recording i love that in honestly i mean i did just watch goodwill hunting as well which is all about going to therapy and then we've got him being like i need to see a psychiatrist i think i'm going a little loony bins like what? It's also the late or the early 90s when this film comes out, right? Like we don't go to therapy unless we're totally crazy. Like in the that was the theory in the 90s. That is not accurate. But like, yes, thank you for mentioning that. Thank Especially, you characters for going to therapy. That's right. As he should have just to if nothing else rule everything out, you know, rule out yeah. rule out all the possibilities before being left with this absolutely insane that was that was a terrible choice of words right there but (laughs) this this let's say this unbelievable situation that he's in uh yeah no it was absolutely the right choice but to your to your point there like that's kind of early 90s i think this came out in like 93 if i remember um something 92 93 something like that um and the type of guy that he is, he's, I mean, he's got an ego. The fact oh, that he's yeah. willing to go to therapy is commendable. I agree. Yeah, I. it was very, I mean, even now in 2021, we might not see something like this. Like we might see a guy like that resist and say, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy. This is really happening. Mur, mur, mur. It's not my fault. Nothing's wrong with me. I went to the doctor and they said the CAT scan was fine. Um, you know, I don't need therapy because I'm not broken. But yeah, he just, just no problem. He's like, I think I need to see a psychiatrist. It's like, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's freaking go. And then he went bowling, which is also a great form of self-care in my opinion. Yeah, I mean- I know that whenever I am having a tough day and I go to many doctors throughout the day, immediately the next thing I want to do is go bowling. I mean, what else do you do in Punxsutawney? You go bowling, you drive erratically, and you take piano lessons, apparently. 
and you, you sit at the diner. Yeah. Everybody goes to that one diner. Everybody in town's at the diner, which yep. I, I love the diner scenes. Oh, those are great. I mean, it's it's such a good... It's one of the only times that Phil and Rita really get to have these conversations. It's a check-in with Phil, where he is mm-hmm. at the point of the story. He's he's depressed. He is just gorging himself on food. He's genuinely trying to make efforts with the townspeople. So it's it's a nice way to check in with where he is and where the plot stands at the moment. Although there was one there was one time it was after the montage of Phil committing suicide, a very serious scene. Well, yeah. it, it's a seri- it follows a serious scene. This this scene actually isn't that serious. He's telling Rita he's a god, but oh, yeah. we're, we're really supposed to be entranced with what he with this discussion he's having with Rita. But I got very distracted in this scene because he and Rita are having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Their waitress is standing there trying to take their order. Right. And she interjects that the special for the day is blueberry waffles. Which is, that is a bad thing? How is that a special? <laughs> how is that not just a regular item menu in a small town diner? Like it's just blueberry waffles are not difficult to make you just dump blueberries into the waffle mix like there's no time of the year that you can't get blueberries like they need to up their game at this diner (laughs) i thought you were gonna crack open some like easter egg or inconsistency or whatever but no we're just gonna complain about it i mean you're not wrong i've definitely never thought about this but i would agree that you would think that if it, at minimum they would have blueberries as a topping availability for said waffles or like a fruit cup situation where the blueberries would be like available. So I do have to agree with you that that isn't quite a special. I, I know times have changed and we're living <laughs> in a period where you're either uber healthy or eating freak shakes all the time. But there's there's still a middle ground and it is not blueberry waffles no and honestly so do you think now i'm just going to dig right into this do you think when they say blueberry waffles it's the cheat way where it's just blueberries on top of waffles or do you think it's in the batter to your earlier comment Oh, that's a good question. Because I, if I, they said that the special was blueberry waffles and they're like, look, we put blueberries on a waffle, I'd be like, take it back, make the blueberries go inside the waffle. I, I've i got to think. I, I'm i I'm putting on my hopeful hat here. Okay. And like I'm going to say they put the blueberries into the mix. That's fair. Because this is a very small diner. They've got to get by on their home cooking. Yeah. And that just putting blueberries on top of the waffle that's not going to cut it no. now i don't think putting it in the waffle mix is enough anyway but I, I at I least tell. there's a little bit of prep in there that's true they try maybe and this is still like not an excuse but maybe they never have waffles and so the reason why it's a special is because not only are there waffles today there are blueberry waffles. 
I mean, Which again, would, as a diner, I agree is atrocious because pancake mix and waffle mix are the same thing. Yeah, I, I just, I can't imagine. My mind is spinning from the idea of a diner not having waffles on their menu. So that, that just isn't possible to me. We need to, I need to write the writers and get to the bottom of this. I wonder if the actress just like forgot her line and the first thing that came to her was blueberry waffles. Uh, well, I mean, Harold Ramis should have caught he, that. He, he should have caught that, been like, wait a minute. This is going to take <laughs> all believability out of this movie of a guy living in a time loop. Yeah. The it, special it, is blueberry waffles. It cheapens nobody's the gonna, whole story. <laughs> nobody's going to buy that. We need to rewrite. Give us a couple weeks. We'll come back to set. Everybody go home. <laughs> And that's how this movie that was supposed to make millions and millions only made millions. It's well, because of these blueberry waffles. They, they had to hold everybody's contracts in place while they were rewriting this There was a scene. whole strike. It was they, a whole thing. They ended up going $40 million over budget. It, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> it was a rough time in the early 90s. <laughs> you remember when all that happened, right, listeners? You remember the, the big blueberry waffle strike of 1993. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I applaud your attention to detail because I was not paying attention to that woman at all. I was I was listening to Bill Murray say that he was a god and be serious about it, which was very interesting. But uh, well, I, wow, I, I had the luxury of having seen this movie before, so I could really that's fair. I could let, I could let my mind wander a little bit. <laughs> that's why I've actually had a lot of fun to reminisce a little bit on Jackie Watch's stuff. I've had a lot of fun talking to folks who are watching it for the second or third or fourth or fifth time because they are now catching a lot of these fun things that I'm not paying attention to because I'm trying to grasp the plot. So I appreciate your attention to detail and calling out bad writing. Oh, I'll I've, say it. I've bad got writing. One, I've got one more of these later in one Ooh. of the last scenes. Oh, I'm so excited. Do you want to, I mean, you can tell it now. You Do, want to okay, it now. I'll, I'll just, okay, I'll dive right into it. Do it. Go for it. At the party scene at the end, when Rita buys Phil in the bachelor auction, she is carrying $339.88 with her. Uh-huh. Who's carrying that much cash? Okay, I thought about this. I actually did think about this, and I didn't know you were going to talk about this. So I thought the same thing. I'm like, dang, girl, like, why do you have so much money? And so two things that I'm thinking about. One, in the early 90s, carrying cash was very, very normal. Two, she probably is using the network's money and will probably just reimburse her, reimburse the network with her own cash. I bet you that cash is from the network. That was like, here, here's like for your hotels and your food and like all that stuff. And that's all she had left at the time. And she's like, well, this is all I got. Like, let's do it. That's my guess. That's definitely possible. I looked into it a little bit, though. (gasps) So today in 2021, the average salary of a Pittsburgh news producer, oh God. according to ZipRecruiter, is $54,244. Okay. So in 1993, adjusting equal? for inflation, mm-hmm. her salary on average, and she's pretty young in this role. She's pretty new to it. So honestly, yeah. she's probably on the lower end. But yeah. on average, that role 
earned $28,853. Oh my gosh. And okay. she blew $340. Wow. I mean, the bid was at not even $100 at that point. Good point. She, I mean, she's a producer. She needs to know how the business side of things works sometimes. And that is bad negotiating. I mean, maybe she just wanted to lock it down and she wanted to prove a point to Phil being like, look, I'm the breadwinner, not you. <sighs> well, she, she definitely wanted to lock it down. She showed she that to make it rain. Or she was just too lazy to break it, her hundreds up, and she's like, fuck it, just take it all. She had to include the 88 cents. Like, she couldn't just leave it at 339. I think that was na- like really trying to drive home this idea of she, her being like, she is putting everything on this. Like, she really wants to buy him on a date. And he's like the most popular man in town. Cause, right, this is coming off of when he proves to her, like, oh, I know everybody and everybody knows me. Um, I think that is that the same day or, or something else, but uh, you know, I, he's I hot, hot yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I can I can see your argument there. Uh it's it's what I like to think of as the the odd number theory. Okay. So I'm I'm currently in the process of trying to purchase a house and the market's terrible. Yes, so whenever is. my wife and I put a bid in. Now, granted, it hasn't worked yet, so how great is this theory? Probably not that good. But I always try to put an odd number. So I instead of going with a round, like, if, onto the hundreds or thousands, I always put into the cents. Like, oh. I'm trying to get the people to believe this is the most we can do. We did the math. And this is our high bid. So I, I'll grant you that. I can, I, I see where you're going with that. She's making her point, so, so wait, I can appreciate that. Wait, but, you put in offers on a house that was like, I'll put, we'll buy this home for two hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars and forty-three cents. Look, Jackie, I'm looking for any advantage I can get in this market. I love it. I, and, I love the strategy. And I'm, it's bold. I'm, I'm telling people we've gone to a few houses, not many, but a few where the owner has been in the house when we've been looking at it. And every time I'm buttering them up, I'm telling them how great their house is and how I grew up three streets over. And <laughs> did you? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Once or twice. It's Define been true. street. <laughs> it's, you know, what? What is a neighborhood? It's it's a very general term. Isn't the neighborhood of planet Earth? Aren't we all yeah, neighbors? We're all na- oh God. Goodness. Bring it back to Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm not sure we can. I don't think it's possible. Moving on. Good luck with your house search. You can look in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. They have darling little houses. They do. I mean, that the bed and breakfast he stayed at was incredible. It was cute. And they were very accommodating. And they had a lot of people in there. It didn't look that large from the outside. Yeah, but they it's it's a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, my oh. final thought on this film is just about, and I feel like this is more of a you comment because you like to talk about filmography and stuff or cinematography. Mm. Cinem- but yep. I 
I like the way that they shot this film. I really um I liked that we got kind of like you re- we repeated the days where he was waking up a couple times and then we repeated the middle of the day a couple times. So it kind of like kept the movie going. Like we did we never saw a lot of full days. We saw maybe the first, you know, the morning and the afternoon for a while. We saw a couple afternoons. We saw a bunch of evenings where he would like go out. Um, So I just really liked the way they kind of kept the narrative moving while literally telling the same story like every 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah, the pacing is so strong throughout this movie and the way that they have tiny little differences in these scenes Mm -hmm. that even if it's just like, a small response to a comment, the way he, the way that the, uh, the owner of the bed and breakfast responds to Phil, Phil's conversations, whether he starts by asking for coffee or starts by asking for toast or just leaves right away. The setup is always the same. They always have their first instinct is the same, but depending on what Phil does, just like in real life, Mm -hmm. they need to adjust however they're going to respond. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really well done. I love how there's some moments in the scene in the movie where the scene shows the multiple attempts of Phil trying to get something a lot of the times having to do with Rita, um, yeah. like when he is ordering her drink. Oh, it yeah. just stop it just stops mid scene and starts over. Yeah, that caught me a little bit. I was like, wait, what? And then I realized what was happening. And it was nice because it's like, I don't need the setup anymore. I already know what's happening. So yeah, just show me the, the fa- like every time he kind of adjusts and adjusts and adjusts, we don't need to keep resetting. So yeah, I thought it was great. I, I really loved how this movie doesn't hold your hand. It really places you in Phil's position because he's on his own. He doesn't mm-hmm. have like a spirit guide showing, like telling him why all of this is happening. Yeah. He just has to figure it out. And that's kind of what the filmmakers trust the viewer to do as well. You just got to go along for the ride, try to piece it together. And if you know, you might not get the answer. You don't yeah. know why this is happening. I mean, there's tons of theories out there. Why this is happening. Is he, is he trying to, learn about what true love is is he trying to become a better person is he trying to become a happy person like there's a lot of different potential causes for why he's in this time loop but you're just it's kind of left for the audience to decide what yeah what the reason behind it all is i i i I had this one theory i was literally about to say i feel like you have a theory though i had this theory theory that I had never had before, and I thought of this after finishing it, and I was so thrilled about this theory. And then I looked it up online, and it had already been out there, but I'm still going to take credit for it on my own. Yeah, you came up with it independently. I did. Listener, you can trust me. Yeah. Albert Nacholino, you can trust me. I know you're listening. (laughs) So my theory is that Ned Ryerson is the reason all of this happens. He is the devil. Whoa. Like literally Satan. Like the actual devil. Okay. So I think the moment that Phil gets into this time loop is during his interaction with Ned for the first time. Ned, or the devil, recognizes him, runs across, tries to engage him, 
Phil's like, nah, I don't know you. Go away. I'm going to run away. And this pisses Ned off. He's not mm-hmm. happy. And when Phil steps into that puddle for the first time, mm-hmm. and Ned says, watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. That mm-hmm. is when the time loop starts. And that is Phil descending into hell. Whoa, okay. And then the rest of the time is Ned testing Phil, sometimes from afar, sometimes just pushing his buttons, Mm -hmm. being super annoying to him. And then only at the end of the movie, when Phil literally has to buy life insurance from him, Mm -hmm. he sells his soul to the devil (gasps) to get out of the time loop. Wow, that is a lot of twists and turns that I was not expecting. I could see it. I can get behind it. So I really was just fascinated by the character of Ned throughout it because I I think he's a funny character. We all all know people like this. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with Ned. He seems like a nice guy. There's no reason to dislike him, but he's a little out there yeah right he's a lot he's a lot to handle and sometimes Mm -hmm. you're just not ready for that yeah it's like i don't i need you to bring it down like you're so you're a 13 we need you at a seven exactly and there's a every like the the viewers tend to love ned as a character because of everything i just said and i was trying to think like why is he such a main like he other of the other side characters are important throughout the movie it seems like he gets a little more screen time, though. Part of yeah. that is probably just because of his performance, because the actor crushes it. Oh, yeah. But there has to be a reason. And then it dawned on me. He is the devil. There's no... Throughout the movie, there's no antagonist. Fair. There's there's no villain in the no, movie. You're right. And I was trying to piece together, okay, there has to be a secret villain in here somewhere. And it's Ned. I could see that happening. Is this like, um, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to spoil it. Has it been too long or has it been long enough to spoil WandaVision? I think it feels a little WandaVision-y in this vibe of like, maybe I'm thinking with your theory, he's actually just controlling the whole town of Punxsutawney. That's interesting. Oh, so you're saying it goes further than just. Yeah, I think it's more than I think he's done this before. Oh, that's if this is your theory, like uh, Phil is not the first and will not be the last. Well, that's actually a very interesting point. One of the original endings that obviously did not make it into the movie was when Phil and Rita wake up on February 3rd. Rita Mm -hmm. tells him that she's in a time loop. (gasps) So that would be interesting. And at the end of February, you know what? I think we're onto something here. Uh-oh. At the end one of the day that Phil gets out, mm-hmm. Rita kind of blows Ned off. She says, he asks, where are we all going? And she says, oh, let's not spoil the evening and walks oh, away. Oh, meaning like she's sick of him, meaning she's talked to him more than one time. Well, I'm just thinking that was enough. Ned got what he wanted from Phil. He Mm -hmm. got the life insurance. He got the change of heart. But then Rita slights Ned, just like Phil did in the beginning. And now the target is moved. Uh Uh-oh. 
uh-oh, maybe you're right. I Dang. think we're on to something here. I love a good good conspiracy theory. That's a good one. I like it. I like, I like a, a good conspiracy theory for movies. Yeah, not in real. Yeah, asterisks. <laughs> sorry, asterisks on that. Just, just given the nature of things yeah, that are currently point. going on in society, I'd like to, I'd like to <laughs> clarify my stance. I do not love real life conspiracies because they're fake. They are not real. But this one about a movie with Bill Murray is a legitimate theory. Phil that I like a lot. Phil went and saw his doctor and everybody else should too. And then I'll just leave it at that. Go to therapy. There it is. Yeah. And see a doctor, namely one with a vaccine in their hand. Okay. Moving Some, on. Yeah, <laughs> lots of doctors can give shots. I'm just, they can. I'm they can. just saying. Did you have any other, I feel like, I don't know if I cut you off for any of your final thoughts before we take a break and talk about some fun facts about this film. Uh, I think we covered most of it, really. Uh, now that we're at the end, I just want to say I'm very jealous of the rest of Phil's life that he's going to have because he, I mean, sure, he suffered through his time in the time loop, yeah. but he's got so many skills now and he gets to show them off for the rest of his life. He's great That's at the piano. Point. He can carve ice, ice sculptures. Which he speaks bonkers. French. He got the girl. Like, yeah. considering that... This guy was a complete asshole at the start. He came out on top. Do you think he's going to go get a new job? I don't. I think he's going to. The The way I like to look at it is, you know, I went through some of the theories earlier about whether it's true love or being a better person. I fall in the in the category of I think it was all about him finding happiness where he was. Uh, because he's all, all throughout the beginning of the movie, he's talking about how a big network is headhunting him and he can't wait to get out of here. And he's always talking about the future. And I think this is more about Phil learning that no matter where you are, you can be happy. And he becomes happy where he is with Rita in Punxsutawney. So I, I think he's going to stay right where he is. I think he huh. he's developed a fondness he he's content with his life now huh i like that theory i like it a lot my real theory is that the writers were like eh we don't really need to explain it the audience will just make up their own theory so we don't have to think about it onward it's bill and, murray it'll be great and here we are doing their <laughs> jobs like always where well, are my residuals i know i was gonna say we should get paid for this but Wow. Yeah, this there's a lot of missing pieces in this film that I, I didn't think about until we started talking. So I want to hear everyone's theories. There's a lot of theories out there. I'm going to take a break, scour the internet for more theories, and then we'll come back with some fun facts. Hi, everyone. For the last time, I need to thank so deeply all of our Academy level and above supporters for your incredible support of this show. They are Kyle, Ebru, Logan, Donna, Hannah, Mick, Missy, Paul, Jarrett, and Linda. 
Thank you so much. And of course, this is the last episode and the last season of Jackie Watches Stuff, but our Patreon content will live on forever. If you're interested in catching any recordings of our live shows or grabbing any of that Patreon exclusive content, you can do that for as little as $2 a month. Uh, you can create your gift for one month, grab the information that you want to take a look at, and then uh, end your subscription. That's totally fine. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but don't forget, you can come hang out with me over on Twitch where I stream some of my favorite video games. You can come say hello. I would love the chance to get to know you. That's twitch.tv slash Jackie plays stuff. All right, let's get back to it. So I have facts for you about the film, but I also looked up groundhog facts. Can I tell you facts about groundhogs? I would love to hear all about groundhogs. Okay. So groundhogs live in the wild for an average of three to six years, which is much, much shorter than I thought the lifespan of a groundhog would be. So it's why we always have a different groundhog on Groundhog's Day because they don't live very long. Um, and they live mostly in central and eastern uh, side of the United States. They also live in Alaska and Canada, which I feel like is just fitting. And you're more likely to find them in transitional areas. That is the way I found it on the internet, which means like where forest and like woodland area meets a well-vegetated open field or like a meadow. So these boys are very picky about where they live, like when they're doing house hunting. I'm still caught up in the fact that it's a different groundhog every year. I think it's different every year, isn't it? I have no idea. I mean, I assumed it was different. I mean, again, they live three to six years. So unless, I mean, that's how long they live in the wild. So maybe because our groundhog is domesticated, we get him for a little bit longer. But I always assumed it was a different well, I think Punxsutawney Phil is like a mythical creature. That right, but the I, physical I think he, groundhog. I think it's always the same groundhog that he he has in just an infinite lifespan. Oh. It's like Santa Claus. Yeah, they put him on ice every year and defrost him right before the ceremony. Just like Santa. That makes sense. Um they mostly live underground in very complex burrow systems, and I read that they are so complex that each system has its own bathroom chamber, apparently. That is the phrase that was used on the internet. Wow, a bathroom chamber? That sounds a fancy. A bathroom chamber, which, I mean, I just go to the bathroom on a toilet, but these groundhogs got to be fancy and have a whole chamber. Those um, are elegant little groundhogs. Right? They've got it going on. One of my favorite facts that I found is that they eat approximately one third of their weight in vegetation. And then ahead of hibernation, they eat more. And I did okay, the just math. Just like me. Yeah. Like I did the math on myself. Like how much is one third of my body weight? I would be eating 50 pounds of food a day. And I know I eat a lot of food, but like, do I eat 50 pounds worth of vegetation? I feel like we've got to up our game. Yeah, we got to do like, I mean, these groundhogs like, are chubby and adorable. I would like to be chubby and adorable. We can't let these groundhogs show us up. Exactly. So everybody go eat more lettuce. But that's the thing is they mostly they eat, they're herbivores, but they occasionally eat bugs. They are the largest species in the squirrel family and are also known as woodchucks, whistle pigs, or land beavers. 
I love all of these names. Whistlepig. Whistlepig. I had never, whistle? never heard that. I have no idea. Oh, like maybe they they're must. called whistle pigs because they have those like teeth that like kind of have a bit of a gap. And so I wonder if when they like if they breathe oh, the right way, yeah. it makes a little whistle. Because oh, sometimes that, that happens be. to me. They've got stray hand teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I also have a small gap in my teeth that like nobody sees ever, but I sometimes accidentally whistle through my teeth. Are you sure you're not just whistling? I'm trying to do it. Nope. It's just like a chance thing. I am positive I'm not whistling. <laughs> but yeah, so those are my groundhog facts. I, those are great facts. Three to six years. That is not, I would have guessed longer because Way I would have guessed like into the teens, like Me essentially too. like a cat or a dog. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be like, they live an average of 20 to 30 years. And then when I saw three to six, I was very surprised. Again, I did not think to see if because we've maybe domesticated them we can have them live longer, but they said in the wild three to six years. Oh, well, that's really sad. I know. It's a short well, little life. Well, listeners, Albert Nacholino, whenever you see a groundhog, a groundhog out in the wild, just know it's it doesn't have much longer. It doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, granted, do I feel bad that like fruit flies die in 24 hours? No. But do I feel bad that groundhogs die in three to six years? Yeah. It's all well, about I've, appearance. I feel like fruit flies are a lot more annoying than groundhogs. I don't think yeah. a groundhog has ever bothered me in my just day-to-day life. No, me either. They're good good little chunky boys. <laughs> little, little roly-polies eating one-third of their weight in vegetation every day. <laughs> so those are my groundhog facts. The end. <laughs> well, I learned a lot there. there and go. I'm very glad you shared them. <laughs> Do you have any movie facts? I know you already shared some. Uh, let's see. I, I did share a few. Okay, here's a good one. So this movie was not actually filmed in Punxsutawney. It was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. Oh. And I guess this might even go back to my Ned is the Devil theory. There is a plaque at the exact spot where Phil steps into the puddle. And on the plaque, it says, Bill Murray stepped here. <laughs> That's actually hilarious, but I would absolutely go see it and take a picture with it. Oh, right. I, w- I would put my foot right where his, there's a little imprint of his foot on there. I don't know if it's oh actually his foot, but there's an imprint of a foot and I would put my foot right on there. That's amazing. So they, cl- they patched up the hole then and they put a little imprint. I'm assuming. I, that's I, adorable. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's super cool. Yeah. I have a, I also, well, I have a Bill Murray fact. Here we go. So the scenes where he is in the car and the groundhog is driving because he had stolen the groundhog. Yeah. I thought this was low budget CGI. I really did. I, I thought we were <laughs> green screening it or something. Um, no, he, Bill Murray is sitting in a car with a groundhog holding the wheel. Granted, if you look, you don't even have to look that closely because I saw it. When they're doing the external scenes of the car, like racing around corners and stuff, you can blatantly see that the stunt driver is just holding like a big furry stuffed animal and like trying to make it move around as though it like has rabies or something. Like it's moving very violently for like what's supposed to be just a chill groundhog, like holding a steering wheel. Um, But apparently this groundhog 
bit Bill Murray several times and he had to go get a rabies shot after shooting this. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was a tough shoot for Bill Murray. Yeah. I mean, he probably was exhausted. He's in every scene. Well, he's in every scene. He had to deal with a groundhog biting a, him, apparently. A real groundhog. <laughs> Potentially giving him rabies. It's crazy. I, I know he was going through a divorce at the time. Like he and Harold Ramis, like, feuded notoriously really? on set and like they didn't speak for years after the fact because bill murray was just being a complete dick wow um and i mean they only made up like months before harold ramus died but we're oh. we're going down the wrong rabbit hole there still a fun fact it that well it's a fact it's a it's a fact yeah not that it, fun. it's a fact uh but yeah bill murray getting bitten by groundhogs and yeah. but I, then you remember how much he gets paid and you not don't feel as bad yeah he's so. doing okay for himself he's i'm sure i'm surprised now this this is something i just have no idea and i i don't expect you to have an answer to this question but do they not like test these trained animals beforehand to make One sure like hey think. you Let's make sure this groundhog doesn't have rabies before we plop it in Bill Murray's lap. Yeah. I wonder, though, if it's like all like it's just like a this animal carries rabies. Please do not get bit by it like kind of situation. I have yeah. no idea, though. Yeah, that's probably right. Yep. Well, keeping on the Bill Murray trivia facts. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned that Groundhog Day had a musical on Broadway a couple of years yes. ago. Yes. I, I was lucky enough to see it. It's a great show. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to go on tour, but the tour was canceled. Um, I'm not really sure why. That's yeah, the that's reason weird. I was seeing it. We thought it was going to we thought it was going to come to Buffalo. <laughs> um, but before it closed. Bill Murray went to go see it with his brother, who is also in the movie. He plays Buster, the kind of like uh, the guy who runs the ceremony, uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Oh. Um, and he went to see this musical with his brother and the screenwriter, Danny Rubin, who mm -hmm. also wrote the script for the Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. And the everybody after the fact reported that when the show ended, Bill Murray was just loudly sobbing after oh it God. ended. And in then in, in a good way, because okay. he, 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 yes, he thought it, he was overtaken by emotion. He oh. thought it was beautiful. He absolutely loved it so much. So okay. that the next day unannounced, he just went, to go see it again by himself. Oh my gosh. That's so great. I'm glad that it was good. There must be so much pressure on those actors and even, you know, the director and the screenwriter to to uh nail it knowing that Bill Murray is in the audience. That would be terrifying. Well, the the lead actor, he's this guy, he's he's a very well-known Broadway actor. This might be a little inside baseball, but uh he's this guy named okay. Andy Carroll and Days before they were opening on Broadway, mm -hmm. they were doing a rehearsal. He did a dance move and tore his <gasps> ACL. No. Oh, no. But incredibly, I, I don't remember if he was there opening night, but he he was absolutely there like days after he did it, doing the show again. Oh, my God. And I, I was 
very lucky enough to see him perform. There's one scene in the diner where he like, he's there in his underwear. Like in, in a, this doesn't take place in the movie, but he, there's a scene where he's in the diner in a robe and his underwear. And the brace that he was wearing for his torn ACL was very visible and he absolutely hammed it up, showing it off. And the audience was eating out of his hands when oh, he was doing that. And I mean, that aside, his performance in that musical was fantastic. Uh, he was very unlucky to open the same year that Dear Evan Hansen opened. So he uh... did not win a Tony. But any other year, I think he would have. Mm-hmm. Um this is me just getting my Broadway plug into. I love your, it. I am here for Broadway. Podcast. Not mad. Yeah, no, but anyone who is wow. interested in Broadway musicals and who has not listened to it, the Groundhog Day musical is very worth your time. It's Ooh. you know it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, I'm sure it's all over the place. So seek it out. Oh man, wow, what a story! I'm very envious of you. I didn't realize this was going to be like, if I asked you to talk about Groundhog Day with me, it was just going to be like Garrett flexing about his cool Broadway experiences, which are very cool. And I'm still interested in hearing about, but also jealous. I'm jealous too, because I'm (laughs) I'm, just so everybody knows I am no longer working at that Broadway theater. So I do not get these trips anymore. I, I only got to do it this one time and it was amazing. That's awesome though. Yeah. Wow, what an experience. Yeah. I have one final fact that I, I didn't realize when I was looking for facts was going to mean so much. But after hearing your Ned is the devil theory, I feel like this is maybe one more, uh, I guess, saying nail in the coffin is a bit <laughs> a bit too close to home. But apparently, <laughs> uh, Stephen Tablowski, who played Ned and is a fantastic actor, I recognize him immediately from the Goldbergs, no joke. Uh, but Silicon he's hilarious. Valley. For me. Oh, okay. So did so well as we both agree, but obviously played Ned. Stephen was named an honorary grand marshal in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania on Groundhog Day in 2010. So oh, that's awesome. Ned is uh, controlling that city. So I'm assuming he like went there and actually participated in all of the festivities. Uh, I I guess he would have. I mean, if you're an honorary grand marshal, you've got to show up and do your duty. I have no idea what that means for him, but yeah, 2010. I, I wonder if he had to. I wonder if, if he picked up the groundhog and risked. <gasps> getting rabies Guess you're saying rabies yeah who knows was he the one to take a grand marshal i feel like maybe it's a big deal i know they, prob- they probably didn't let him they probably i wonder had- if there's video somewhere there's got to be youtube was around in 2010 yeah i'm sure there is so yeah that's my last uh my last fact about this I've- wonderful film i've got one more fact it's Share. very straightforward but i thought it was fascinating okay punxsutawney phil has a cameo account. And <gasps> no, it costs, he does not. It costs. Here, I'll let you guess how much. Do does you it think cost three hundred and thirty nine dollars and forty? What is it? Forty. Oh, cents that would have been great. But no, that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a missed okay. opportunity. You're right. Um, it, how much would I pay for Punxsutawney Phil? Um, 
I would guess like, I think they're milking it 500 bucks. Oh, okay. So you went over. Oh, wow. It it costs $200. Oh, still a lot of money. (laughs) That's a lot of money to get a video from a groundhog. Yeah. What is it? Because the whole point is that the celebrity says stuff to you. Yeah, I think I've I've got it open right here. I think the Grand Marshal or whoever it is kind of speaks for him. They've got they've got this guy in a top hat and a suit and a bow tie. Uh basically the 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 Brian Doyle Murray character from the movie Buster. Um they've got this guy holding the groundhog speaking to the camera. Uh listeners, if you want to send me a cameo. I don't know how easily to do it. Uh, Twitter at Jackie Watches. Shoot us, shoot us a cameo from Punxsutawney Phil. I would love to say hey. That would be a gem. Oh, Jackie. Uh, also, I just got curious. Stephen Tabalowski's on here too. <gasps> Honestly, I would appreciate that much more uh, than Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, he's not available. Notify me when available. He's way too busy. He's he's running Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania right now. He's preparing for Groundhog Day 2022, obviously. He's, he is torturing those citizens. That is true. Wow. Well, Garrett, I I didn't know what to expect for our final episode, but somehow you have delivered as always. I appreciate you being here. And I think it's almost fitting, you know, that I watch Groundhog Day because it's like the last episode, but then like, you know, you just want to do it again and again and again. So like listeners, go back and start in, in episode one and re-listen, you know, live, live through the good times again. You never know what you'll uncover. Yeah, Jackie, I, I just want to say I'm honored to be on your last show. I, I wasn't aware that this would be ahead of time. Surprise. Uh, I'm, I'm completely honored to be. Uh, I want to, on behalf of... All of your listeners, everybody who's been on the show, I, I want to thank you for everything oh, you've done. It's, you're it's so been a kind. great time. Oh, I wasn't even trying for a compliment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Did, it's been did, quite a ride. Did I did I read that right? <laughs> um, if you could just, uh, I wrote more emotion. If you could just, you want to try, you want to take that one more time? More emotion. Jackie, <laughs> you have no idea. What? It's movie magic, ladies and what? gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the time on this podcast is meant to me. Oh my gosh, Garrett. I am completely surprised and I did not at all plan for you to say that. Thank you so much for your <laughs> genuine and honest uh, emotional uh, words. That is really thoughtful. It means a whole lot. But no, it really does. I, it was, it's been so much fun. You know, I might be back. I clearly have a lot more films to watch. So look out. Garrett, thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. I would be stuck in a time loop doing this exact day over and over again with you. And thanks again to all of our patrons who have supported this show endlessly. I greatly appreciate it. All of our listeners, even if this is your first episode of Jackie Watches Stuff, I so deeply appreciate you. You can find the show on Twitter at Jackie Watches. You can also find me on Twitter at Jackie Vetrano if you want to send a tweet or a message just to say hi. I look forward to meeting every single one of you. All right. Have a great day. 
day.